0: And Q Cliff Diver's Ambient Guitar, Volume 3. What you are about to hear is not an ordinary travel podcast. You won't hear any references to Colorado or Pennsylvania or even Shropshire for that matter. You won't be guzzling down on imaginary hipster burgers or craft beers. Nor will you discover the best places to become a digital nomad. Oh, no, 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 my fellow weirdo. (laughs) What you're about to hear is the true, in-your-face, nitty-gritty aspect of travel. My name is Scott Harwood. Agus... Our avant-garde travel podcast... What's up, my loyal droogs? This is Scott here with the Avant-Garde Travel Podcast, and it's the first episode of Season 2 where you can find me on the road. Well, except you can't. I'm actually at home. <laughs> I came back uh, just for a short while. I've been on the road technically for two weeks now, and I've had an interesting time, or a very interesting time, I'll I'll tell you that now. So, I'm just going to dive right into it, tell you what I've done. Uh, I went to Glasgow for the first three days of the trip, and uh, it was for my uh, friend Lewis's stag do, which was uh, relatively interesting. Um, We... uh, we went sword fighting, me, Lewis, Hamish, and our friends Liam and Nicky. We uh, got taught how to use uh, swords. Well, I say swords, they actually uh, looked like uh, wiffle bats. They had the consistency of them, so they couldn't really injure you, except uh, Hamish managed to uh, bruise me with one and threw his back out in the process. <laughs> Stupid boy. Then we... Uh, we had a fire. We went up to uh, Bowling, which uh, I referenced in uh, one of the episodes from season one. Anyway, then uh, we had this fire. Then I moved on the next day. I went up to uh, to Aberdeenshire, up to Huntley to see my uh, aunt. Yeah, that's right. So I went to uh, I went to Edinburgh first, then. I caught a train up to Aberdeen. It was my uh, it was my first time in Fife and uh, I tried recording a podcast on the train but it didn't work because uh, it was an old uh, 1970s train an old uh, high speed train which was operated by LNER for those who want to know instead of uh, Scotrail but anyway so I spent a night at uh, my uh, my aunt's farm just outside Huntley, then disaster Big disaster, because my uh, airbed broke. (laughs) I say broke, I heard four loud bangs at about three in the morning I was sleeping, and suddenly, bang, 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 the airbed deflates. Uh, Probably because I uh, blew it up too much. So that was the end of the airbed, so when I got to uh, Inverness via a train from Huntley, I called in an outdoor shop and picked up a new one. I forget what brand it is now, but... uh, it was supposed to be £100, but I got it for £50 because uh, the place was closing down and the guy took pity on me. So, <laughs> so I've got myself the uh, comfiest mattress I've ever uh, got myself and now I can sleep for, well, 12 hours on that thing It's in a tent. It's absolutely fantastic. So anyway, that day I caught uh, a train from Inverness to Calvulcoche. And I wholly recommend to everybody listening to this podcast that they do that same route, because, uh, well, first of all, the train goes up to Dingwall, then it starts heading uh, west through some of the most beautiful scenery Scotland has to offer. Well, not quite as scenic as the West Highland line, but magnificent nonetheless, because you've got... Okay, so the train goes up past Dingwall, goes through, like, Garth and Achnasheen and Achne and down the coast, past uh, Plockton, and gets into Calvula Couch. And uh, at that point, I got off the train and walked across the sky bridge and started hitchhiking, because I was on my way to the Isle of Rasse. So I'm on the Isle of Skye, I'm just outside Kauak, and I start hitchhiking. Five minutes later, I finally get a ride up to Broadford. And, uh, yeah, it was a decent guy, took me up, uh, crofter in a small cart, then. When I got to Broadford, I started hitchhiking again, and I got a lift from uh, an English family in an electric car. <laughs> you know, the times are changing when uh, electric cars pick you up, I tell you now. So this uh, English family, a uh, good bunch, they took me up to uh, Sconcer where I was going to get the uh, the ferry over to Rase, and uh, instead of the electric ferry that normally operates across to Rase, the, the Harlegh, It was uh, the the spare ferry that took me over, the MV Loch Rooster, which uh, is named after the biggest pond on the Isle of Burneray, which I'll be going to uh, later in the series. (laughs) It's crazy. So uh, I messaged a friend or two on Burneray and blew their little minds. Well, I say a little, but they're good people. (laughs) I don't mean that in a bad way. But anyway. The point is, I went over to Rase and I started walking north because I wanted to go to a boffy called uh, Thai Hororamachur or Black Normans House. So uh, I walked about three miles up the road and uh, this uh, guy in a van stopped, he was going in the other direction, he stopped and uh, had a chat with me about the uh, day, then uh, he just decided, right, I'm taking you up to Arnish, it's a fair old way, it's another six miles up the road. that's what he did, he took me up the road, and part of it, as some of you might know, but I'm not too sure, some of it is called uh, Callum's Road, after a crofter named Callum McLeod, who uh, built the road over the course of ten years. The council wouldn't put the road in, so he did it himself, and the council finally paved it in uh, 1975. And uh, the road is just spectacular, and the legend of Callum lives on in uh, many uh, traditional music uh, standards now. But anyway, so I got up to Harnish, uh, or rather the guy took me up there, then uh, it was another four miles to, or so to walk to the Boffy, and uh, it was a long slog over the uh, hill because I had all my gear, I had uh, had my backpack on with all my tent and sleeping bag and other gear and I had a Lidl bag in my hand with all my food and alcohol in it and it was a long way over the summit and almost down a sheer drop on the other side but eventually I made uh, the Boffy uh, and uh, I didn't see anyone else for the next three days or so I just, uh, well it was so cold I had to pitch the tent inside the Boffy on uh, a raised platform Uh, the thing is the Boffy is a a one room uh, sorry bit of a car there the Boffy's a one-room kind of uh, thing, because you've got, uh, in one corner, you've got the fireplace, which is also your kitchen and living quarters. You've got a few shelves, which hold, like, uh, the Boffy's logbook and a Scrabble board or whatever. Then, uh, at the far corner of the room is a massive uh, raised platform where the where people sleep. You bring your own uh, sleeping bags and other sleeping gear. And, like I said, a pitched a tent, and... Uh, it was bliss for the next few days because, well, I had a place to myself. There was uh, 4G just outside the Buffy so I could stay in contact with the world. Uh, I put something on uh, my Reddit and uh, it got uh, hundreds of likes. A picture of the Buffy and now all these uh, hobos and tramps in America want to come to Scotland and uh, go around the mountain Buffy's. It's uh, a lot of motorcycles going past there. Yeah, so something told me on the third day that uh, I had to get off uh, Rase. So I packed up, made my way uh, back to the road, and uh, started walking. And uh, I walked for about 12 miles or so. Yeah, about 12 miles before somebody uh, picked me up. Uh, a bunch of uh, English uh, hikers in uh, a day van, you know, kind of like a camper van, but uh, without the beds. So they took me to the ferry terminal, I, uh Plugs my phone into the wall, into the wall socket there, and, uh, nothing. Phone wasn't charging. Plug it into the solar panel outside, nothing. Backup battery, nothing. So, uh, bit of a disaster moment. (laughs) Bit of a disaster moment, to say the least, so, uh... I booked a bus ticket to Inverness, and, well, that was for the next day, booked a hostel bed that night in uh, Portree, back on Skye. So I uh, got back to Skye, realised there wasn't a bus for four hours, so I started uh, hitchhiking again, and uh, managed to get a lift from Sconcer to Portree, with this uh, American hippie woman who lived in Sconcer. nice girl. So uh, I spent a night in the hostel in Portree, then... I got on the bus to Inverness the next day, the phone started charging again. So I decided to go all the way back to Aberdeenshire and stay another night at my aunt's place, which uh, she kindly let me, bless her. So, uh then I decided to go, well, obviously, yeah, I wasn't meant to be on Sky, so I, I decided to go southwest to Campbelltown. So on the first day I made it all the way from Aberdeenshire to Oban, I went to... Caught the bus to Inverness, the uh, the bus down the side of Loch Ness to Fort William. Didn't see Nessie, unfortunately. <laughs> then I caught another bus down to Oban and spent a night in a hostel there. Oh God, yeah, that's right. There was this uh, there was this French guy who was in my in my room. He was about seventy. Didn't speak English, and uh, he had a nebulizer. <laughs> you know, something that helps you breathe. The th- the thing is, I've I've stayed in hostels before, and only once has someone brought a nebulizer into the room. It's just, <laughs> I tell people this, and they don't believe me at all. It's just mad Anyway, he, he was a nice guy. I mean, I can speak relatively decent French, so I had a few decent conversations with him. Then, uh, anyway, the next day I caught a bus down to Inverary. Bear in mind I had uh, a CityLink pass by uh, Inverness, so three days travel in five, unlimited journeys for £50, so that was decent. Well, at least for a short while it was. I caught a bus from Inverary to Campbelltown after having lunch, and uh, I ended up pitching up by the side of a loch called uh, Crosshill Loch, up by the side of the Forestry, just a mile outside Campbelltown, and... uh, these teenagers saw me and started going ooga-booga like I was a caveman or something. But little did they know, I actually once played a caveman in a film. <laughs> a really low-budget film called Cavemen of the Future. Directed by my friend Hamish back in... Uh, oh, we must have been in our mid-teens by then. <laughs> Good times. So uh, so I spent three days uh, camping outside Campbelltown. And it was just bliss, to be honest like I I, I went to sleep about 8pm in the evening, got up at 8 in the morning and the bed was so comfortable and hardly anyone disturbed my rest or saw my tent, I still locked the tent whenever I went into town, I've got this little padlock that fits through my zip and uh, yeah, that's right, I spent uh, a few hours swimming at the uh, local pool got some food and uh, then suddenly I found this sense of inner peace when I was sitting on top of the uh, of the dam, because Crosshill Lock is an artificial uh, dam. It supplies Campbelltown with water. So uh, I had this feeling, I just wanted to like laugh and dance and do yoga. It was like I was stoned, but I hadn't taken anything, that's the thing. I hadn't been drinking or smoking anything, well... Actually that's not quite true, a few uh, days previous I had to drink uh, some vodka because it was so bloody cold, because when I was camping, uh, every time I've been in the tent uh, so far it's been uh, literally freezing, so uh, that means uh, I had to have like two jumpers, my coat on, and uh, at one point it got so cold I I drank some vodka in order to uh, stay warm. But uh, yeah, uh, I probably had that sense of realisation, I'd just lost uh, two stone in a few weeks, and uh, I am not—I I don't know what was going on there, but anyway, the next day I was going to go back to uh, Sky, so I caught uh, a bus up from Campbelltown to uh, Loch Lomond, and this is where things started getting weird, so uh, riddle me this, riddle me this now. You're at the bus stop on, in Tarbot, by the side of Loch Lomond. A bus comes along, and uh, there's only one seat on the bus. There are two people waiting for the bus, and the question is, who do you let on? Do you let on a passenger who doesn't have a ticket, is only going five miles up the road and there's a bus going to where she needs to be three hours later, or, do you let on the guy who has a ticket, still no reservation no, and uh, need, and wants to get up to Broadford on the Isle of Skye, and has a hostel booked there, and uh, needs to get on that bus, because it's the last one of the day, so who do you let on? If you've picked the first person, congratulations, you should apply to drive for Shield Buses of Acrecal. <laughs> Yeah I, yeah, I had to name-check him, because um, I just needed to do that. So, anyway, so I phoned... Uh, okay, the thing is, it was actually a blessing in disguise. Because, obviously, it's a further sign that uh, I wasn't ready to go to the Hour of the Sky, but uh, it was a massive, massive blessing in disguise. Because I was only an hour from uh, my friend Hamish's flat in Glasgow at this point. So I phoned Hamish and I said to him, "Look, Hamish, um I'm a bit stranded right now. Can I come and stay over on yours? I've got my uh, airbed and everything." And, uh, and and he's like, "Yeah." Um and uh, and he starts saying, "Yeah, there's all these people over that that I haven't seen for about 2 years." And and uh, yeah, we yeah, we had some fun that night. We uh went out for a drink. Well, I didn't have a drink because I was still buzzing from uh, my natural energy thing on top of Campbelltown Dam the previous day. (laughs) And uh, this is where the blessing in disguise comes in, because the next day we uh, realise that Lewis, uh, our friend Lewis, seems to think that uh, Kayleigh dancing can be, uh, well, you only need a piper for a full Kayleigh dance rather than a full band, so me and Hamish had to cycle over to his flat in Shorelands in Glasgow and uh, beat the notion out of him. Not literally, but we had to convince him otherwise and come up with alternate matters. So if I hadn't come down to Glasgow, I wouldn't known that uh, I have to uh, prepare a bit more for his wedding. Excuse me, so to speak. So, so, so like I said, it's a good thing I went back to Glasgow. And uh, yesterday, yesterday being... Uh, I don't know what day it is, I, ca- I really don't want to find out. <laughs> yeah, I came back to Aaron, and uh, so I'm back here for a few days, and uh, in a few days' time I'm going to go up to Glasgow and I'm going to see Gong, as in the band, G-O-N-G. And uh, Ed Wynn from the Osric Tentacles is supporting them, and they're playing in Glasgow on Tuesday. So that's going to be fun. Afterwards, uh, I'll have all, all my gear back with me and back on the road, so I'm gonna probably going to go up to Stirling for a few days and check it out. And uh, beyond that, I don't know what I'm going to do. So uh, that's uh, the really big update from the road. Um, I don't know what else has uh, happened over the course of the trip. Ah, uh, yeah. Um some uh, weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was in uh, Aberdeenshire. It, near my aunt's house and I saw a, a lorry registered in Stornoway and that just uh, tickled me. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was great. Yeah, I yeah, no nothing else is going on. Absolutely nothing is going on. You know, I thought uh, this update would be a bit, you know, a bit more lively, but still It's going to get livelier once uh, I start going to the festivals. Uh, This past two weeks has just been relatively quiet, apart from that idiot bus driver not taking me up to Sky. So, uh, yeah, got nothing else to say, so I'm just going to play the outro. Roll the outro. Well, that's it for another episode of the Avant-Garde Travel Podcast. Don't forget, you can follow me on social media. You can check out my Twitter using the handle at AvantTraveler, my Instagram at Scarwood1, my Reddit at u slash with we have two hours of course, my YouTube channel The Scarwood, and last but not least my website, AvantGuardTraveler.wordpress.com. Here, you can check out my blog posts about my previous trips around Scotland, Europe, and beyond. I also have some books coming out about my strange travels around the world. So if you want to know what it's like to live in the Australian bush on the equivalent of £10 a month, or the many eccentricities of undertaking long-term development work in a country recently ravaged by an earthquake, you can check out my books at the Kings England Press via their website kingsengland.com Right, I have nothing else to say to you except this keep travelling that's all, keep travelling see you later